T-minus 15 seconds. excited for this episode. It's been a year in the making. I just sat down with Dane Clausen from New Beginnings Construction. He's an incredible builder and I've watched over the past 12 months as he's tried to navigate through the uh, building process and the permit process uh, with new energy regulations in place with the city of Kelowna. And I think the information he has to share with you about the challenges he encountered is going to be super valuable. Now, full disclosure, I tried a new mic setup and Dane's was working, but mine wasn't configured properly. So you're going to have to listen in to hear my questions. But the good news is the man with the information, uh, he's mic'd loud and clear. So I think it's going to be a great episode. Enjoy. So do you have a, a list of set questions or something? You know what, I, yeah, Dane, the whole point of today's conversation is to just have an honest conversation. Like we would sit around a campfire, if your pool's up and running, we'd be just just about to go in normal discussion because i think what is missing in this space is genuine dialogue everyone gets the pretense of like you're talking to the city official and he can only say so much you talk to the builder and he doesn't want to risk the contract or whatever it's just so letting the guard down and talking about your experience building your carriage house in your backyard where we're sitting right now uh and i guess to start i just how do you want to introduce yourself to the world of people? My name is Dane and I am a renovator here in Kelowna. Um, do mostly smaller projects around the city. Been in the building industry for about a decade. So have a fair bit of experience on a, a wide range of building um, concepts. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be... Who and, I am? And I'm like, I'm remembering you You started into carpentry, you love carpentry, you were building homes in the prairies, and you do like, from start to finish was the type of building that you did, is that? Yeah, that's correct. We did custom homes uh, for my apprenticeship, and yeah, we started in the ground, digging the hole, doing the foundation, doing the framing, flooring, and then doing all of the finishing to the roofing, installing windows. So yeah, the whole the whole process. And I remember we talking about timing because obviously the prairies is cold and the timing your projects would be like <laughs> you do all the outside work and then you get to lock up and then you're inside for the winter to finish it off. And totally. So it's just like, it's almost like seasonal building. Yeah, almost. totally. We would do about one full house a year with smaller renovation projects throughout it. But yeah, we would, my boss would time it so that we could get through all of the outside framing, close it in so that by the time we were into winter, when it's freaking cold, we could uh, have a little bit more warmth. Which is understandable. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, and I want to set some context. I mean, uh, frankly, context for us, it's a beautiful spring day here in the Okanagan, and, uh, you know, we're, we're at Dane's house uh, in the backyard. He's got a garage that he is converting into a carriage house. Um, it's an existing garage. How old is it? It's about 12 years old. 12 years old. So, and for further context, so Dane, uh, I've known Dane for several years. Uh, I'd say Dane is a fantastic carpenter. One of the things that I want to talk with him about is, is I know Dane really well. And what we're gonna discuss today is his experience and a lot of the challenges that he faced in 
going through the process of even being allowed to do a renovation on his carriage house. And there's a couple of things that he bumped into in terms of needing a licensed builder, needing an energy advisor, energy models. Uh, we're in step code three, it's 2022, it's spring 2022 at the time of this recording. And the, the curious part for me as to whether or not Dane is qualified is, is I, wanna, I wanna give a personal reference. It's like, I, I am a licensed builder. If, if somebody said, hey, hey Brandon, hey Level Up Strategies, would you build me a brand new custom net zero home that's gonna last for 150 years? I'd say, yes, I can do that. And then I would call Dane and say, are you free? Because I have a project we're gonna <laughs> do together. <laughs> and so uh, I've worked with you lots. When I need carpentry assistance with the repair work that we get contracted to do, I call you uh, because I believe in you. Um, if I was building a new home for myself, I would call you. So as far as experience, capacity, top tier in, in my mind. So when I heard about the challenges that you were facing, I was, I was surprised, I was frustrated for you because you're not just somebody trying to cut corners and, and, and squeeze one through the cracks and build something. Um, you're, you're trying to do it, you're gonna build it right and you wanna do it right and there was just a lot of obstacles. So, so that's the context I'm facing, <laughs> uh, which is why I feel like with all your building experience, with me walking alongside you, because uh, when you first, we were becoming certified energy advisors when you first started this journey. That's right. When was that? Uh, yeah, when did you start Fall becoming a... Uh, 2021, I think September-ish. Yeah, that was the... S well, we were already quite into the application by that point. Right, okay, so when did the application start? Okay, so yeah, we moved into this property, uh, I guess it was the November of 2019. We moved in with the goal of converting this garage on our property into a carriage house. Yes. Now. The whole process has been about rezoning the property. There were unfortunately a few other things that weren't done properly on this property. So we had to bring those up to, yes. to code and, and legalize a few things with the city and get on their good books. Um, but then yeah, we had to, to rezone the property. So that took a large portion of time to then get into the being able to get a building permit application done for for this building which then comes into you know Brandon's role of energy advising um, yeah because we found out that we needed that yeah so because I remember having these conversations last summer so it's May 11th right now 2022 so August 2021 you're having you've decided you're gonna do it you want to undertake the work it's the time so you're gonna do the processing the building permit and energy audits are now a thing so I'm like hey I'm really excited because three months prior we had undertaken to become energy advisors and I'm mm -hmm. like Dean I will do this for you <laughs> can you even be one of my like guinea pig I need yeah, to totally. projects in order to get my certification so I'm amped to collaborate nine months later I become an energy advisor <laughs> and what is it uh, or so but six months after that took me nine months so about nine months it's been about nine months of your process of like, I want to do this to get a building permit to when you've actually got a green light from the city. Yeah, pretty much. And I want to hear about that process. So you go down to the city, you make your your application for building permit, what happens? Yeah, so if I were to have focused my entire time and energy into getting everything happening here, it 
probably would have gone quicker. I'm also working in the process, so so this is, you know, visit from time to time when I have time to actually deal with this thing. And I only want to go to the city when I think I have what I need. So start the application. I go, you know, talk to the the people at the desk. Here's my application. They, they maybe gave me a few, or maybe I went to go and get the application, talk to them a little bit about it. You know, they tell me a few things that I need to do, but yeah, not a lot of guidance, which understandable, and, and I should know what I need, all that kind of stuff. So I guess I start, start doing the application, collecting my documents, collecting my plans, my layouts, yeah, the things on the list that they say you need. I am new to the energy advising portion of this, new to the step code system. So I think I had filled out what I thought I had, you know, got everything in order, brought it to the city and, and yeah, find out that I need this energy advising audit energy thing. So yeah. So, Cause I want to like pause right there and go, I just want to acknowledge you are a full-time contractor, you have yeah. a contracting company, you do construction for a living, and you went to the city on a couple of occasions, honest to goodness believing that you had everything that you needed in order to take the next step forward, to do everything by the book so the city was happy, and it wasn't the case. Yeah. Which means that what hope does a homeowner have that isn't full-time in construction, legitimately has a nine-to-five job where they're preoccupied during the work week so they can't sit there and hound the city or uh, or if the other option is pay somebody else a large fee for the time invested to just push this thing through the system that's a big expense for people and and it seems like it was hard for you to clearly understand or get clarity on what was needed from the city so you could go to the next step yeah i think yeah that 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 would be accurate yeah, it was hard to know exactly what each line item uh, required was what it was. I think I, I went through that a little bit with the actual rezoning process. You know, they've got the, the checklist of things that you need to do. And when it actually went, you know, came time to, to submit the application, it, it took, at the end, it finally took me sitting down with one of the, I guess the person assigned to my the file, or honestly, maybe it was just she was willing to actually help me. And we sat down for like two and a half hours and she like helped me finish off the rezoning application and and she was fairly new so it helped her actually get some clarity as to to what they were actually asking for but half the things i think we we missed because they weren't actually needed so then fast forward to the the building permit same thing half the things seemed like they weren't even necessary and i think the biggest frustration in this is this building has been here like brandon said for for 12 years it's fully functioning standing nothing's wrong with it and yeah we were just wanting to to change it to a living space but yeah the problem was that the city didn't it seemed like didn't fully understand that the building was already built the uh the setbacks the levels the elevations all of those were already there and easily could have been figured out if someone just came and have it, had a look quick. And it's like, because it's a detached garage, you know, you got a pool between your house and the garage. The garage goes right out onto the street. It's a double car wide and it's like probably six cars deep. Like it's a nice, beautiful rectangle, single story, slab on grade. It doesn't get much simpler mm. as far as just structures. Like it's sometimes when you build a complex 
complex structure from size or complex in terms of architecture there's there's just some requirements but this is this is about as simple as a yeah home. in fact if somebody wanted to build not a tiny home but like a small home is that about yeah it's about it's yeah it's 40 by 20 i think something 40 like by that 20. so it'd be a beautiful small home for somebody to build themselves on any lot it's a flat yard so yeah, yeah super simple this, this should be a case study for how simple a process should be. yeah totally and it didn't turn out that way, which is what we're going to discover. So, so Dane, talk to me about an energy advisor and what your process was with that, what your process was a step code. And I don't want you to be nice just because I'm an energy advisor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want you to tell me what worked and what sucked. Yeah. So first off, we weren't told anything except we need an energy advisor to, to do this. Luckily, I happened to talk to Brandon while he was becoming an energy advisor. So I was like, sweet, I know someone in this field, or at least going into this field that maybe can can help me out with this. Yeah. You know, he gives me the the whole, you probably won't get somebody for like three months. So if you kind of hold on for a month or two, I, I'm hoping I can get certified. And so this is so that so yeah because energy auditors are backed up. Yeah, it's a it's a slow process. It's not a quick thing from the lens of an energy advisor to do a house. So my thought was, Dean, you're gonna phone an energy mm -hmm. advisor in town. You're gonna be on their wait list, and so if you stand by, we'll get. I'll be done my training by the time I get yeah. to you. I, yeah, I was wrong by the way. <laughs> Just a little, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I I I had no idea what they were really asking for energy advisor kind of meant nothing to me at that point because I hadn't I hadn't dealt with anything like this before so Brandon gave me some some guidance in what I'm what I'm doing where I'm going he uh, he set me up with somebody who was able to to help us on this project but basically it was like hey I'm doing this project. This is what I'm needing. Do you know what this this is? Like, I don't really know what I'm asking for. Can you help me? <laughs> Luckily, they were able and they knew everything that I was needed. So, so I got good help, but I didn't I didn't know what I needed help for. So basically, I handed you off to the energy advisor that was training me. Was responsible for overseeing my training. So it was kind of like I introduced you to them, asked for a favor. They took on your file. How long did that whole process take? Um, I I want to say probably a month. Yeah. I think by the time back and forth with some emails and information and details and stuff like that. Um, yeah, probably a month for that. So finally got that in. I was hoping to have this project started back in February of this year, hey, so 2022. Work, right? So yeah. I was, yeah, I was hoping to to be kind of closer to home uh, while building this project, and and yeah, winter work exactly. So I think I, I, you know, that was I think August or September. So still thinking we had some time to get this application in and and done. Uh, I. I don't totally remember what happened between there. I know that there was lots of waiting for certain things with other other things that we needed to get. But then when it came time to actually submit for the, the application, uh, I was told that I also needed this other thing from the energy advisor that, again, I didn't know really anything about. The energy advisor didn't 
know I needed it. And so once again, more waiting, more trying so, to... So to clarify, so yeah. I hand you, uh, you, get, you, get, you get in contact with an energy advisor who takes on your file. They take about a month to do their thing. They ended up giving you a report on yeah. your house. Yeah, that's right. That you get to take to the city. Now there's... Yeah, they give me the modeling. Put a little bookmark on the energy model here. So then fast forward, there's going to be a story with what the, the city requires and a bunch of stuff there. And then they get to the, I'll call it April, and the city goes, oh, wait, we need something else from the energy advisor. And the energy advisor didn't know that the city needed that, so they didn't give it to you. And then there's another waiting process for them Correct. to go generate that extra report for you in the meantime. This is just, the clock is ticking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if this was my <laughs> my project that I needed to do right then and there, I would have been out well, and so thinking, much time. And I'm thinking yeah. about, if, if, you're, if, you're not, if you're not Dane, the, the carpenter, it's like you're a homeowner who's sold all their, their property in Saskatchewan, they want to come retire in the Okanagan, they've taken their life savings, they're gonna build a new home here, and it's like in August they wanted to start building a home, like you wanted yeah. to start renovating your carriage house. Yeah. Man, nine months later and you can start because of the paperwork. Not totally. Like you, you have everything in place, you have the properties, you have yeah. all that stuff. That's a long time caught in 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 the bureaucracy wheel. Cause I remember okay, so we'll go we'll go back. I think you got your energy report in November. Yeah. Right? I think something like that, yeah. Something like that. Uh and then uh, you went to the city with that energy report, and what what was their feedback from you? What was the next set of steps that you jumped through? Um, yeah, goodness. I think the, the, the one funny thing was at first they weren't going to accept the energy report because it was done by someone in another city, still in BC, but just done in another yeah. place. And so the report looked different than what they normally would see, therefore it wasn't going to be correct until I had to like walk them through it and you know point to where the little information. So instead of like looking at it, <laughs> they were basically going to send me away saying this right. isn't right. And oh man, and if you didn't know any better, yeah, then you would have had to go away again. Yeah, and then what? That's right. Try to figure out what you needed that you already had. That's right. Yeah, totally. Ah, uh, yeah. Because uh, I'm. There was a runaround with the license builder part too. Oh yeah, I think that was the that's the next big runaround. Yeah, because after we got you know the modeling done, I thought great, we've got what we needed. Now we're ready to to start. So I think I think I had taken some time because I still was working, didn't have you know time to just go whenever I wanted. So it took me a little bit of time to get back to this city because I'm also I'm I'm doing this application but I'm also an agent for this application for my in-laws who actually own the property right. so there's also that to go between you know right. getting getting that's right getting their signatures so emailing back and forth with them to then go to the city to be yeah because I'm kind of the middleman in this pro process as well so yeah got what I needed went to the city I was pumped. <laughs> Finally had the application, you know, the stuff that I didn't understand I had gotten. We're good, right? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, I get, I get there and yeah, they, they start talking to me about um, home warranty and, and builder's licenses and, 
yeah, BC Housing and, and what I need with them. And again, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I, again, I don't really know what they're asking for. I haven't dealt with BC Housing before. I haven't dealt with home warranty because I do smaller projects that don't require it, um, little renovations. And so, yeah, that, that started a process that again, I was at a loss as to who to talk to. So I think again, I <laughs> I reached out to Brandon because he's my go-to with all the answers. Well, and because the interesting part is like I, I said at the very beginning, I mean, Dean, I'm a licensed builder, which means I, I have gone through the process. It's a, it's a, it is a juggernaut of an undertaking to get there, mm -hmm. so fine. And if I was to build a new home, you would be building it. You'd be doing the framing. Like I would be the licensed builder on right. file and you would be the one building the home. So. Right. This is really ten, like not tension. There's a, there's tension in the conversation because Dean's like, I need a licensed builder to sign off on this, and I'm going, dude, like, there's no question. Are you trusted? Like, can I? Can we use basically the question is, can we use my license for your project? That's right. To do the work. I'm like, I just there is a lot of regulation. Yeah, for totally. Me as a licensed builder, I can't just give away my licensing and let somebody else. Like, I have to be involved to a certain measure, but I yeah. also know that the, to the degree that I'm involved, it adds cost and complexity to right to you and you're not just a client you're a qualified contractor right so yeah. it's like this like why are you going to pay me to essentially stand by and rubber stamp something that if the things were different we would be working on the same team to serve a client yeah um and it was like man this is awkward conversations are you really just going to have to loop me into a project you're qualified to do on your own right just to make sure that the city's happy to yeah. do something you're qualified to do and regulations be what they are I would yeah conversation. yeah totally because i think at that point um yeah i was i was kind of at a loss because because of the nature of the project all of the foundation all of the structure the building was standing. It's not yeah. going anywhere. You're putting um, partition walls in. Exactly. I'm putting, I'm framing up, yeah, interior walls, throwing up some insulation and drywall. It's it's all stuff I, I do. It was already out there. Yeah, I do all the time in my regular working, you know, hours. So this was, it's just the same thing I'm doing every day, all day. So. Yeah, it's not a complex project. Now you need to pay five thousand dollar licensing fee for home warranty. Yeah, and and, and that would be that. that would be the cheap side compared to one of the quotes that I got for having that. It was it was a shocking. What was the just what was that? Quote yeah, about? the the one person I had talked to who apparently had done something similar before, they wanted to charge us twenty thousand dollars to put their name on the application so that liability would be on them. So what the city was actually asking for in that um, in that ask was that we warranty an already 12 year old building for another 10 years on somebody else's name I don't know who would really want to put their name on onto that because a 12 year old building is already past the 10 year warranty that exactly I mean yeah nothing has happened to this building it's beautiful it's yeah it's still in the same shape i think you know just a little faded but but basically they were asking to warranty a building for 22 years instead of the regular 10. which is actually where it sounded like you were telling me the story how you actually were able to find somebody have a, have a an honest dialogue with them about that and there was some common sense that was struck at the city 
in that regard. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, I ended up talking to a few home builders, people that were licensed, and one of the guys was, you know, he heard me out, he heard what was going on, and he was like, wait a second, this doesn't seem right. So then he was like, okay, well, let me go do some digging. Let me go talk to some people, and we'll see, we'll see what's going on here. So I don't know exactly who he talked to, but it seems like he talked to a few people, eventually getting to the right person to talk to. And, and over, you know, a course of, I don't know if it was three or four weeks more of waiting, I finally got uh, a message from him saying that he had talked to someone at the city. I think it was kind of the head permitting licensing person and they had discussed that this building probably wouldn't need what they were asking for because of the age. Yes. So I think it was because it was over 10 years, it, it didn't need the, the home warranty, the, the, the insurances and all that stuff. Wow. The exact stuff I was trying to not have to do in the very first place when I started. Because all you're doing is putting interior dividing walls That's right. in an existing garage That's right. box. Yeah. Why do we need to go through the complexity of ensuring the whole building again? In case yeah. Anyways. Wow. Yeah. What was that like for you to get that feedback after having so much, like, yeah. so the expectations were set so high from the city with, right. on you and right. then wait a series of months and some people have some conversations, go out of their way on your behalf, talk to people, talk to people, talk to people, all of a sudden, oh yeah, I guess we don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, first off, it was it was a relief hearing that, yeah, we weren't gonna have to pay $20,000 for someone just to write on a piece of paper and then kind of meet the building inspector from time to time while I do all the hard yeah. labor of getting this thing working. Ten bucks an hour off you do. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, so yeah, first relieving, um, but then just kind of like, what the heck? Like, this is exactly what I came in asking if I could do or wanted to do in the very first place because I am qualified to do this. Yeah, it was it was kind of annoying, but yeah, totally. but and, mostly relieving. And how about if you were a homeowner and you were paying somebody like me, a contractor, totally, 150, 220 bucks an hour, yeah. to to walk through a nine month process and yeah. visit the city thirty eight <laughs> times. Yeah, I mean, you'd be paying through the teeth for the, for something like this to get to an answer that you could have. That's right. You could have got to seven months prior. Right, if someone would have just taken maybe a little bit more care to actually understand what I had been saying right from the get-go. I had pictures of this project and, and I think the real part that's, that's really frustrating in all of this is they had all of the file of this building like they had the application from the previous permit taken out when it was built so all their paperwork. 12 years ago. So they have all of the paperwork on that permit. You know, even, even from the rezoning, it was a fight trying to get them to realize that this building is already on site. It exists. Yeah, and I had, I think, four pictures of it in that file, but they were still, it seemed like having a hard time with it. I mean, it took them, uh, I don't know if it was like four or five months from the time I got that application into to the approval and I know that there's lots going on in this city and you know this isn't the only project that they have on their plate but yeah I mean the building is here if someone would have just come and taken a quick look they could have seen exactly what what it was 
Well, and you know what, Dean, you're touching on a couple of things. Like, there's a real frustration, of course, with your time and money spent on this. Absolutely. And then I think also compassionately about the city, who are flooded. Yeah. It's a booming market. Oh, for sure. So their process not only cost you something, every visit you go to the city, and if you, could, if you, if you needed to do five, you ended up doing 15, well, that surplus takes their time too. Yeah. They're not any yeah. further ahead. They That's need right. They to get applications through, and instead they're holding them up to their own detriment. Yeah. Which just compounds delays for other people down yeah. the road. So nobody's winning, and no. and I also want to mark something. It's this isn't just a, an energy efficient. This isn't blame the step code. No, because of the energy advisors. This is this is a, a, a building permit issue. This is a, a basic retrofit issue. This is uh, city handling of documentation, setting expectations, clear workflows for you as a permit applicant, as a contractor, and uh, and as a homeowner. And I I just. I, I see the tension and the systems the systems creating bottlenecks that aren't serving you. And I feel like this is all kinds of reasons why people try to avoid yeah. the city. Yeah, I would say. Avoid taking permits. Um, and Dana, I have energy on this because you know, we're coming into a, a phase of, of BC energy step code where now renovations require energy advisors. Well, anybody that wants to do a high-performance energy retrofit, like, hey, take their 1970s stucco box and turn it into a step four, step five home because they care about the planet, they care about doing well for their grandchildren, mm -hmm. they want to do uh, intelligent things with their money to offset not just utility bills, but also, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, what's this project process going to be like for them Yeah. to undertake a renovation like this? when this is the experience of people who are trying to do it right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was just thinking about, as you were talking about that, my goal is to build proper. I want to build the right way. Um, part of uh, going to the city so many times and back and forth, whatever, I want to follow the rules. But like you were saying, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. follow the rules, especially when you don't really know what the rules fully are asking for. Um, and yeah, if you don't have much knowledge in the building industry, yeah, like what, what are you going to do? <laughs> and, and like, and so when we talk about cost overruns, cost of construction, like this is all, like you're fortunate to be able to do a lot of this yourself, not just the construction, but like ask intelligent questions about site layouts and setbacks and you understand there was something about frost protection that was a, mm -hmm. like a, just a token requirement. We were discussing this, you have frost protection. Well, turns out it already exists, and they told you you needed to have something. You went and thought about it. You had a couple of conversations, went back, said, then they said, no, that still doesn't work. And then you had talked to somebody else, and they're like, no, 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 that's okay. Yeah, totally. So you ended up not having to do anything, actually. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, it kind of seemed like in the process, you know, one person saying one thing, someone else is saying something completely different, so that there was no real clarity on what is the standard building process you know what uh, is it based on what each person is wanting individually or is there an actual building standard and I think as a as a builder I want to know what those standards are right because I want to build to them 
you know, there is the code book, but then, but now going into the step codes, we're, we're past that. And it's almost, it almost seemed like each person had a different set of requirements. Interpretation. Yeah. Of and it was interesting when I hear, like, cause I, you know, we talk about this and I could see your frustration and, uh, and I care. Like, I care about your experience and your experience and everybody else's that's trying to do the right thing. And eventually, they're just going to say, screw it. Like, yeah. this is so complex, so much more complicated <laughs> than it needs to be. I'm going to cut corners to recover some of the wasted time and energy and money that's already just been flushed down the drain. And I just don't like that trajectory. Yeah. Well, totally. I mean, I, I think there is already a huge underground <laughs> network of people, you know, not going to the city with these projects. I mean, how many illegal suites and, and things are in Kelowna? Uh, yeah. Well, I think this like part of this, this needs to be a wake-up call for not just the city of Kelowna, but municipalities in general. Right. Like, if you make it really complicated for people to succeed, are, are you serving the... the the best interest of right. us, um, you know, because you, what what, what's interesting is you're not you're not coming to this conversation. Going, I tried to do it as cheaply as possible, or I tried to see what I could get away with doing, or I tried to make sure right. I could cut corners to just squeeze it. Those I, I get why regulations are in place yep. for people to try to cut corners. Yeah, that's that's not you any, any part of you. So yeah, I mean, I would say the cutting corners thing. I can see why these things are in place for the city. I can see why there's the applications, why there's the certifications, why there's, you know, everything that's in place because it was obviously put in place to to combat Somebody something doing. that was that was not going well. Well, and what stood out to me in the stories is that you'd go. It seems like people's default is no, not good enough. Right. Like the feedback you got, and then you'd go have a bunch of conversations and eventually get to somebody. That's it. Oh no, that's totally fine. Totally. Yeah, I, I think like you were commenting before, Brandon, that the city's flooded, and so just working with a guy like me, they're not going to give much time or energy into it. I mean, they just they need to move on with the next project or thing that they're they're working on. But I I, I push back on that because you are the project. You are a citizen of the city. <laughs> you are a contractor. That's what in I thought. <laughs> you are paying your permit fees yeah. like everybody else. Man, and uh, yeah, I just, it just, it draws up all kinds of like, I think in terms of like lean throughput models and just like how the system needs to, needs to embrace changes because what's, this is coming, right. like, this isn't coming anymore, this is here. Yeah. And further step codes are coming, which means further expectations yeah. on you. So yeah. do you mind if I ask a little bit, like dive into the, where your renovation and step code met and what an energy advisor did for your project. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Because so, what, like, what did the energy advisor do mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, yeah, so, so I was required to get an energy modeling done. And so I gave, you know, wall thicknesses, uh, heights, uh, window sizes, um, you know, just all the information about the exterior of the building um, and, and everything involved in, in that wall assembly um, for them to produce a four-page document that, that talked about the energy usage and, yeah, just how well this building was going to work in, in keeping heat in, keeping the cold out. Yeah, just how energy efficient it was. And so yeah, I mean it was it was 
through a series of emails and, and information, real information given to produce this document. So as a homeowner, was it helpful? Uh, not for me at all. <laughs> and then I honestly, not for the city because they hardly knew what they were looking at. Yeah, and, and it sounds to me like it was just, it was essentially a snapshot of what existed. Yeah, it was a very expensive four pieces of paper that just said this is what it is yeah exactly is, like which is i'm like and i'm i'm an energy advisor i'm a passive house designer i care a lot yeah. about high performance home construction and i'm still going what what value it's a complicated process right. for you to get your four yep. page report yep and at the end of the day what good is it to you that's right yeah was and, there any uh, yeah i mean i looked at the page and i saw that yeah we were in a in a better than average area of the the little the slider was in the green side yeah 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 exactly so i was like sweet <laughs> and that's about it it's like okay good i'm, I'm not doing too bad on energy in this place that's and, great but and my, and my big pushback to being an energy advisor is like i don't feel like i'm helping like that's my big, <laughs> my big like ugh, letdown yeah. at the end of all the effort is that going you just needed us as energy advisors to give you a four-page report so you could take it to the city so they could check the box, so they could That's put right. your application through. It wasn't about making informed decisions right. about the performance of your building. Right. And then and then the next step, you know, the thing that we needed was the pre pre-construction energy report. And I think that was, you know, supposed to tell us what we would need to do in order to get to where we needed to be. Yeah. So for this project in particular, we're supposed to be at step code three. I think after I had given all of the information based on the current, it was, we were, we were well into step code, we were into step code two. So after dealing with the city, you know, over those months, found out that we were gonna need to be in step code three. Uh, after talking to a few people, we had R20 insulation in our walls, found out that we're probably gonna have to go to R22. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like not much of a change for whatever, you know, what, I don't know what it was going to change, but anyways, that's what we got, we had to do. So, so we, we just went ahead and did that. And I'm glad we did because uh, when we finally were getting the, the pre-construction report, we were able to tell the guy helping us that we had updated to R22. Yeah. We had updated the attic to, I think it was R50. And at that point too, we had actually cut open our concrete because we were doing some plumbing. And, and up to that point, we actually didn't really know what was happening with the concrete because yeah. it was already poured. Uh, so we cut through that, found out that there was two and a half pink rigid insulation. So I think what, R10, something like that. We're able to tell them that. And they said, oh, well that's great. Now you're into step code three. Great, that's where I need to be. That's all, you know, I, I, I don't have desire to go further than that. Yeah. It's already costed quite a bit just to get it to that. Yeah. And that's all that was required. So yeah, I'm going to stop there because I don't, you know, I don't know what the, the benefits to me in going further would be and how much I would be spending to get it to that. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and going, I bet you thought it would be way too complicated to make it worthwhile anyways. Yeah, I'm kind of at this point, honestly, I'm kind of done yeah. with with just dealing with what more I need to do. Now I just want to get it done because yeah. at this point, yeah, we're, we're over two and a half years trying to get this project 
finished. Yeah. Because when we moved in, we were like, great, this is going to help us mortgage pay the mortgage. Yeah, totally. um, now we're two, two and a half years later and we haven't made a cent on it. <laughs> yeah, and the cost of construction's gone yeah. up in those two and a half years. And yeah, totally. Oh, like, oh my goodness. So, okay. I feel like we've, we've covered a bunch and I am, uh, I'm, I'm humbled and honored that you share your story so candidly. Um, I think it's super valuable. I think there's going to be a lot of people that can relate and like disappointingly relate. Um, if just to close, you know, because sometimes these summary statements help. What would you, what what do you wish was different? Yeah, I think I wish I would have been able to sit down with someone at the city, um, someone who would actually listen to what I was saying, what I had on the property, you know, the building that was already there. Um, and I wish that they were able to just take, yeah, a little bit more time to understand fully, to then tell me the proper steps I would need to go to not only waste, you know, to not waste their time, to not waste my time, to just get this thing done as efficiently as possible. Yeah, that's, that's good feedback. And what would you do differently if you went, if you went backwards a year and you're talking to yourself, what were you gonna, what would you do differently? Whew. Uh, yeah, I suppose I, it would have been helpful to, to talk to someone who deals with this on a more regular basis first, before thinking, here's the application, I'll just fill it out and, and submit it. I guess sitting down with maybe somebody who, who has more experience in dealing with, you know, the city of Kelowna on these kind of applications to hear maybe what their hang-ups have been. Yeah, it could have been really helpful as well. Well, but it's interesting enough, it sounds like even when you got somebody that would sit down with you to help your, still one of the applications took you an extra two and a half hours with them in yeah. the city to finish. Yep. And you had already started. Yeah, that's, yep. Applications uh, ought not to be so complicated that they're not valuable. My humble opinion. Um, <laughs> feedback for owners, like so, is there anything you'd say to a homeowner that's not in construction, that doesn't have just the, the, the just the wealth of experience that you do, but they still want to renovate their home, they want to turn their garage into a carriage house, and they want to build a new home here in BC? What would you tell them? Um, yeah, I think I would advise them to to really think through the process and before even talking to the city, trying to find uh, people who have gone through the process before. Yeah, really trying to study ahead of time what what they're wanting to do would actually will actually take. Because I think the, you know, when we first started this, again, going back into the story a little bit, uh, we were told there shouldn't be any problems getting this done, turned into a carriage home, because the city is expanding, they want to densify, and the area that we're in is apparently a prime spot for the city wanting yeah, to they're, densify. They're taking single families, putting multi-families up all over the place in this neighborhood. Yeah, and so at the very beginning, I think while we were even trying to rezone, we were told this shouldn't, this shouldn't be hard, this shouldn't be a problem, this will, this will happen for sure. Two and a half years later, we're finally getting to do it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Dane, you touched on something, because people don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm stepping, because this happens for us all the time, too, in construction, we go, well, I don't yep. face this problem for us. So walk down to the city and ask the honest question of, like, where do people get hung up here? This is one thing you're doing. What do I need to know? Where do people get hung up? 
where are the biggest problems they face, how long is this typically taking, what's going to help me make it easier, faster, and if I do this, what's going to hurt me? You know? yeah. If I don't have incomplete drawings or I don't have complete drawings, it's going to delay by six months. Okay, yeah. good to know. And if yeah, you yeah. leave, go do your work uh, with the feedback for the city because, yeah, I always ask that question like, okay, who should I be talking to about yeah. this? that would understand what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And the receptionist at the city is often a great guide. They're lovely people. Okay. I uh, was feeling good. Dan, any closing thoughts? Anything I miss? No, I think that uh, encompasses it. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess one thing I would say is there are a few really great people in the city that spent a lot of time in helping me get through this. So yeah. I am thankful for that help. Um, but yeah, it just it just took a bit of time to find them. Well, and literally it sounds like you wouldn't even have been here now had it not been for those excellent right. people that said, I see you, That's I right. care about your experience, I'm going to put the time in and, and come to some common sense, still high quality solutions, it's going to be done properly, but guide you. Yeah. And that made the difference for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, yeah. We don't know what we don't know. Uh, we I think we're people. we're all we're all learning in this. Um, yeah, we're always learning. There's new things every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so to have somebody that just yeah takes a little bit of extra time with you it means a big deal. Yeah, they can make or break the process. For yeah, us. totally. Totally. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh man, that was fantastic. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Thank <laughs> you.